Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast. Here's Rick Uccino and SP3 on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, good people? Happy Tuesday afternoon. We appreciate everybody who is joining us here, making us a part of your day here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. Rick Uccino, SP3. The gangs all get back together again here today, breaking down what was a really strong, solid episode of Monday Night Raw last night. And then, well, the ending came and um, perplexing. I think perplexing is the word I'm going to choose to use today i'm not i'm not gonna sit here and say i'm i'm upset by it i'm not gonna sit here and 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 throw obscenities and and say that uh it's the worst booking decision of all time and it genuinely ruined my day i'm just going to say it, it it's a very curious decision one i'm not really like even mad at sp3 but it it perplexing i think perplexing is a very interesting word to use there i think that's that's the right word what word would you use to describe Aaliyah and raquel winning the women's tag team championships last night in the main event of monday night raw bad it was a bad decision it was bad booking um sometimes the predictable solution is the right solution and when you're trying to swerve some people that's when we you don't you don't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and when someone barely gets a reaction from their hometown crowd of toronto last week they shouldn't be winning the main event the very next week sorry yeah, Leah. this 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 whole entire tournament seemed to be built around damage control and them winning it and then moving forward from there last night did definitely like give off the vibes of oh you think you know what's going to happen you think we set all this up and these are the landslide favorites and nobody on that whole right side of the bracket could be put together that would walk out and win those championships that seemed like a a gotcha moment last night kind of a thing do i necessarily think it was the right one maybe but again i'm i'm there's a lot of different ways that we can look at this, and we're going to try to dive into to all of them. There could possibly be some shenanigans uh, involved with this because Dakota Kai last night was not the legal competitor, and she was the one that was pinned. So, again, that begs even more questions. Also, a lot of people worked themselves into a shoot last night. Uh, no Sasha, no Naomi. I know a lot of people, like myself, thought it would be cool if it would happen. I never, like was believing that it would be happening or was going to be mad if it didn't happen. But I think a lot of people wanted them to show up last night. Didn't happen. We'll talk about that. There are now reports surfacing that Roman Reigns title run might be coming to an end, or at least there are discussions going on in WWE that it could come to an end. Would that be this weekend? We will dive into that. Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle. That's right. I said Matt Riddle. Dude, bro, has got his name back, as does Austin Theory, although I don't think that one's official on WWE.com just yet. 
Uh, but name changes are abound in WWE once again, and it, this is this is a positive move. But regardless, Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle had arguably the segment of the night last night. I love everything they're doing with Dexter Loomis, but I got a major question to ask about that. And another big, the word big return might be in the works for, for WWE. We got a lot to dive into today. We appreciate everybody who is joining in. Make sure to get your comments in. We'll answer as many questions and, and get to as many comments as we can today. But first things first, got to thank our friends over at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting to props and futures. Go to Bet Online today, use your mobile device, sign up, place your first bet, and use our promo code BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And SP3, we talk about Raquel and Aaliyah winning the Women's Tag Team Championships. And I will give WWE credit. They really did their best last night to make this feel like a big thing. It was it was constantly brought up. It was well-hyped. They put it in the main event. They gave uh, Aaliyah and Raquel the, the big fireworks explosion and display and everything like that. All the women were, were center stage last night because you had Bianca and you had Bailey and you had Alexa and Asuka, and they were all there, so it's great that they were all involved in the main event. Everything about that that I, I, I liked last night, but then you get to the point where okay, this definitely felt like more of a swerve for the sake of swerving's sake, if that makes any sense. You know what I'm trying to say. And I'm sitting here and I'm going, okay, is there any way that this kind of booking makes sense? Is there any kind of way that you can think about it, dwell on it? The only thing that I can come up with, and, and none of them actually like, I like as far as a long term, but I can kind of get behind the thinking of it is one. First and foremost, Triple H is trying to establish a new tag team. We looked at that right side of the bracket when it first came out. This is back before Toxic Attraction showed up. What was the thing I said on this show? None of those four teams are going to be together after this tournament is over. That is exactly what I said verbatim. So if Triple H is trying to establish a new team, and add to the depths of the women's tag team division, which it desperately needs, if you do have long-term plans for both Aaliyah and for, for Raquel as a tag team, then putting the titles on them does make a little bit of sense in that way, whereas, okay, boom, here you go. Take this tag team seriously because they're now your new champions. But at the same time, that does kind of undercut damage control and everything that you're trying to, to build with them and then the only other thing that i can think of is okay is this going to be a very short title reign were they doing this setting it up as a transitional thing because again dakota kai was not the legal competitor when she was a pinned by Aaliyah last night so at least there is beef here for damage control to come back next week after they have wrapped up their business with alexa and bianca and Oscar this weekend, and now they can focus more on Raquel and Dakota next, or Raquel and Aaliyah next week. But then I ask, why didn't you just wait to do the finals until after Clash at the Castle if this is trying to set something up for a later date? Again, I can I can try to pull mental gymnastics to make this make sense, 
But at the end of the day, I, I just don't understand the, the booking decision here. Yeah, you can try. There's always going to be a but, a but to it. So the whole point of this tournament should have been to reestablish the women's tag team titles as something that feels important again. The match itself, it was built up very well throughout the show, and it, it gave some meaning to this matchup. But you had one established act that it all seemed like this this whole tournament was to build them up to give them a series of wins before they get you know some control since that's the big thing that's about their stable is getting some control and how do you get control in wwe by winning championship gold and i feel like this is a move that is kind of timeless with WWE. You can go back to any year and you could pinpoint a time where the obvious answer should have been the move. And they just decided to swerve everybody. Hey, we're going to pull a surprise out. And that's the same reason why Matt Hardy murdered his brother's dog back in 2009 and why he tried to run him down off the road instead of it being the obvious person the predictable person the person who was originally supposed to be christian helping edge against jeff hardy no he had to swerve everybody and make it mad hardy and i said to you when we reviewed smackdown on friday night i was like it felt like triple h gave the pen to his papa to his dad his father-in-law vince mcmahon to write friday night smackdown because that came off as one of the blandest episodes that triple h has produced since he's come into power and it seems like he gave his dad the pen for this finish to this matchup because he was like we're going one direction he's like no like you gotta you gotta surprise them you gotta surprise them paul you gotta surprise them and pull a monkey out of your head and you gotta give them raquel and Aaliyah winning this one you want to push raquel as this big star that's the way they do it you put the titles on her and no one has come up with a good reason like they're like oh Dakota wasn't the legal person, so they are setting up a rematch. This is not the point of the tournament. The point of the tournament is not to set up a rematch of the finals. It's to give us a legitimate women's tag team champions coming out of that. A legitimate women's tag team champions that can potentially go against Sasha Banks and Naomi when they return and say they're the rightful champions. That's why it made sense for Dakota Kai and Eos Guy to win. It doesn't make sense for Aaliyah. Aaliyah, who, like Simon says in the, in the chat, is way too green to a lot of people, and to other people, she's just not over. So there's no middle ground when you go to Aaliyah. When it comes to Raquel, yes, we see the star potential there, but that's only one half of a tag team. This has to be a tag team. This has to be a, co a cohesive unit. Maybe the plans got shuffled up when there was an injury to Nikita Lyons and Zoe Stark, Maybe their plans got shuffled up when there was an injury, the toxic attraction, but yeah. this is not a good solution for a tournament that was supposed to reestablish these women's tag team titles. The, the first match of the tournament that you said, oh, it went longer because, you know, he wanted to give time to this tournament, unlike the other women's tournaments that they did before. And now he's turned around and he's done short matches and he's had three finishes that has been the same thing, including the finals of blind tag roll up, blind tag, roll up. And then last night, blind tag, roll up. 
He is booking this division the same. And it seems like Triple H, all his obstacles under his new regime has been created by himself. Yeah, and you get the report out from Wrestling Observer, right? That and you you alluded to it, that Triple H is is really high on Raquel Rodriguez and wants to push her as a big star. Okay, so maybe that is um an explanation for why Raquel and Aaliyah won the match last night because you're trying to get her over as a big baby face. My idea on that is okay, can we start with a promo? Can we start with a storyline? Because we still haven't done anything with Raquel Rodriguez since she's been up. When's the last time she had a microphone in her hand? When was the last time she was interviewed? Who's been her big rival since she's come up outside of like that first two weeks where it was bickering backstage with, with Natty and, and Shayna Baszler when they were a tag team? Uh, that, that seems like that's no longer a thing now, right? So it's like, can we start with the simple stuff? I think hot-shotting her a championship isn't necessarily going to work because Again, when we were reviewing SmackDown on Friday, you talked about all of these teams being involved in the uh, the second chance match and then in the actual semifinals match that happened. We don't know who any of these people are as characters anymore. Like, even like the people who are the most established, like Natty, who has basically been Natalia for the last 10 years, you know, I, I still value, I love, Nat I love Natty, but... She has not changed a whole lot in the last decade that she's been with the company. And Sonya Deville, who was this authority figure who was feuding with Adam Pierce, that seems to have gone by the wayside. And now she's just back to being a, a regular active competitor again with no real sense of direction whatsoever. I thought with Toxic Attraction being there, that would be a great way for her to kind of revisit some history with Mandy Rose. But even when they brought Toxic Attraction up, it's like they went out of their way to keep Mandy Rose off the show and keep her away from Sonya Deville. So even that, to me, didn't make a whole lot of sense. It all goes back to, to story, and that is always going to be the big thing. Yes, these shows have, have primarily been better, and they have been better. I don't, I don't think that's even a question. I think even Friday's uh, SmackDown, which I do think has been the weakest of the Triple H era so far, even I would go far as to say that that was still better than what we were getting under Vince on Friday Night SmackDown. Um, there were still things I genuinely liked about the show, but yeah, man, I love that he's given time to the women and it's a start and he's putting them in these big spots and we actually have the women's tag team champions back and they're on somebody for the first time in three months. All of those are good things, but it doesn't mean everything has been perfect. And again, if you're trying to book and push Raquel as a big star, I think just hot shotting her a championship is, I, I guess, a little lazy. Uh, other than just trying to get her over organically. One thing that I did like last night was commentary during this match, actually talking up the fact that Raquel and Aaliyah have been friends for, for years and they used to train together at the performance center. And that's why, you know, they, they, this, this team makes sense and they are willing to strive and push for each other. I actually liked that. They actually did try to give this team a little bit of a backstory last night during the match and I appreciate that but it, again that that's a little too late you should have done that at the beginning of the whole tournament
Exactly. Like you know, when you, as soon as you said that, I was like, "Well, too little, too late." That shot, that kind of should have been told in like a pre-match instead of just throwing them out there in that first match against Shotzi and Zaya Lee. I would have liked for both teams to get inset promos and that be established from the very beginning of the tournament, and then maybe that's a story that I can get into, and maybe that's a story that would have allowed fans to root for them, to rally behind them. But you know, people were talking about the crowd last night was quiet the crowd was kind of uh scary quiet during this whole entire matchup until the end of there and that's because pretty much all night except for when kurt angle was out there yeah but it was like scary quiet during this matchup when you have this new hot damage control heel stable with bailey and you know eo sky and dakota kai but they haven't done i i said this before they haven't done a great job of building them up or giving them promo time to explain who they are and then they're versing another team that hasn't been given promo time to establish who they are so you just had a whole bunch of people just thrown out there they make it a title match they make it a tournament final and they expect people to care and it just didn't feel like they cared out there and i don't think anyone's going to care about raquel and Aliyah even more coming out of this because the booking was baffling heading in yeah and it's always going to be an uphill climb and this was this was always going to be a risk of the crowd reaction that you were going to get because even though you have your your hardcore fans like myself and you and anybody who's watching, and I do appreciate everybody who's uh, who's watching right now, um, you have your your hardcore fans who know who Dakota Kai is, who know who Eos Kai is, who know who Raquel Rodriguez is, and is genuinely a fan of of them and think that the big things are ahead. But still, your your mainstream hardcore or your your mainstream casual audience don't know a whole lot about these ladies yet. Aren't really really invested and last night in the main event they didn't know who to root for now if bailey was involved in that match maybe they would have been a little more hyped up for it if alexa bliss or bianca belair were a little bit more hyped in that match they would have been a little bit more hyped up for it so that was always going to be a risk the the thing that i uh i'm i'm happy with is, is i know triple h is going to be patient with this but if he wants to help himself he needs to help himself and actually come up with some backstory and put some storylines in place. I love the fact that he's given the women so many time and so many different ladies are on TV. Even, even they had the awkward TV watching segment with a couple of different tag teams on Monday night raw last night. Um, back to the, you know, uh, we're going to stand like this. So y'all see us, but we're going to turn our heads and watch the TV screen. Even though we were back to that, at least they were on there to remind people that they're still there and they're still going to be tag teams. So again, little things right here or there. Uh, but yeah, man, this this is just this is just confusing. It's perplexing. It's if if the only reason that this booking was done last night was because again Dakota was not the legal competitor, so they can come back and and revisit this again next week, and they use this as a vehicle to kind of as one kind of final shot for the the trios match this weekend. Because at the end of the day, Bailey wasn't there. They got distracted because. Bianca and Alexa and Asuka came. Were they skipping? Were they frolicking? I don't know what they were doing last night, but they sure as hell weren't running. <laughs> that was really weird last night. I don't know why they were tiptoeing uh, to, to get there, but um, you know, they came out, they caused the distraction. And then yes, Dakota was pinned when she wasn't the legal competitor. So if they just did all of this to as a vehicle for 
setting up this trios match and then coming back and revisiting and having damage control win. And this just ends up being a transitional run for Aaliyah and, and Raquel. That doesn't really help out the women's tag team titles as a whole, as, as you were talking about earlier. So again, I think the either should have just waited until after clash at the castle to do this match or just gone with the obvious booking decision, which would have been the right booking decision. Again, I'm not mad at it. If you're trying to establish a tag team and establish some new baby faces, great, cool. I get it. But in this instance, I, I don't necessarily know if that was uh, that was the right case. Uh, a lot of people, as I said earlier uh, in the show, worked themselves into a shoot last night. And the fact that Sasha Banks and Naomi were not on the show. Let's dive into this, shall we? It's time to answer the five count on the Believe Podcast Network. By the way, very, very busy week uh, here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. We are doing our normal live stream right now. Tomorrow, my interview with Shayna Baszler ahead of Clash of the Castle will drop here on Believe in Pro Wrestling. So make sure to check that out. My conversation with Ryan Satin dropped yesterday. So make sure to check that out. Thursday, we're going to have our Clash of the Castle prediction show with Samira and myself and Jeremy Bennett. That's going to drop Thursday morning. And we're still working on the all out prediction show. We're trying to get some things nailed down. So hopefully we'll be able to do something for you guys on that on Friday. A lot of travel going on. I'm going to Chicago. SP3 is hopefully going to Chicago. Flight issues from the UK. Long story. We don't have time to dive into that, but hopefully he'll be in Chicago as well uh, for all out. And then we'll have some good stuff for you next week. So make sure to hammer that subscribe button. Make sure to hammer the uh, the thumbs up button. Really helps uh, drive up our audience. We appreciate all your support. So SP3, this is something that I brought up before you brought up before a lot of people brought up before that. I, I think the way that this tag team division or this tag team tournament, when it was first set out, we immediately, you know, drew in the brackets. Like it was March madness and went, okay, damage control is going to win. And then, Hey, you know, it would be really cool if they pulled the punk Cena thing. And then Sasha and Naomi showed up. They held up their women's tag team titles. They're the big baby face tag team. Okay. Here's damage control with their tag team titles. You got Bailey in the mix. That is a simple little story and it would be big and people would be into it. And honestly, doing damage control with Sasha Banks and Naomi, who are super over, would also help Dakota and EO in the long run, right? To get them over as heels. That made a ton of sense. And I think a lot of people talked themselves into thinking that Sasha Banks and Naomi were going to be there last night, even though they weren't. And then on top of that, we get Raquel and Aaliyah who win the tag team titles. So how do you think this affects the reported return of Sasha Banks and Naomi, which is, again, reportedly imminent? It could happen at, at any given time. Now it's just like, hmm, how do we get here? Because we can get to that what everybody was predicting and they can hot shot these titles onto Dakota and EO and it becomes a question of, why you just didn't do that from the beginning um, yeah. and you're already making the winners of this tournament transitional champions. So 
that doesn't make a whole lot of sense and doesn't do what you know you would think this is all trying to do which is push Raquel Rodriguez so that doesn't accomplish anything you can do all uh, you know Aaliyah and Raquel as the champions for Sasha and Naomi coming in and you can align Aaliyah and Raquel with the group of Bianca Alexa and Asuka and then put Sasha and Naomi with damage control so you have a five-on-five situation you could do a Survivor Series matchup in November or even a War Games matchup that everybody's been wanting or saying that they want to happen but then you're putting Sasha and Naomi as heels because what the company buried them on their way out because they stood up for themselves that doesn't make a whole bunch of sense all it's really done in my opinion is kind of muddied the 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 basically the landscape for Sasha and Naomi to return. I think it's going to happen on the Monday after Clash, but now it's very confusing of where exactly you place these two women now. To me, I think this moves the goalposts. Because, again, I think you could do exactly what you already laid out, where, again, yeah, as as Ace has uh, pointed out here, we appreciate you joining in. Aaliyah did pin the wrong person last night. We brought that up ad, ad nauseum so far today. Um, so obviously there there are grounds there for a rematch. So okay, let's play this out. You could replay the rematch, the the finals of the tournament, right? Do a redo like they did with the first ever women's Money in the Bank. Do a complete redo, and you can have damage control. Then win that after they are victorious this weekend at Clash of the Castle, which by the way. They should be, especially after losing on Monday. Um, so you can have Bailey then set herself up as the next challenger for Bianca because Bailey could get the win in that match, set herself up as a challenger for Bianca. You could have uh, damage control win the titles on Monday, and then you could do the whole CM Punk John Cena thing. But then the question is, why didn't you just wait and do that in the first damn place? Why did you have to do put the belt on Aaliyah? and Raquel right now. So I don't know necessarily if they're going to do that, which makes me wonder if they're pushing Sasha Banks and Naomi down the road. If we're not going to see them within the next few weeks, if they don't show up until Survivor Series, because we still got one more pay-per-view before Survivor Series. Don't we? What's what's coming on? Is, is October the Saudi pay-per-view? Is there something going on in Saudi Arabia? Uh, so October is Extreme Rules, and then you got the Saudi the Saudi show at the beginning of November before Survivor Series. So yeah, they, they, there could be a lot that they wrap up before Sasha and Naomi even come back. So maybe to me, this signifies that they're going to wait until one of those shows for Damage Control to get the tag team titles off of them first, and then they bring back Sasha Banks uh, and Naomi at that point and head toward the, the Survivor Series build. The other thing real quick before we move on, and it's Stephanie Hypes, a member of the True Heel Heat family, noticed this last night when they did like a, a three-person shot of that team of Bianca and Alexa and Asuka. Alexa Bliss was definitely given a, a uh, Tommaso Ciampa Goldie-esque look at that Raw Women's Championship that was on the shoulder of Bianca Belair. And she said she was coming after that bad boy sooner rather than later. So I think that's something to watch out this weekend. This trio might not be a trio by the end of Clash at the Castle. We might have Alexa Bliss uh, who's making a, uh, a play for that. Uh, I think especially with, with these Triple H run shows, everything means something. All the little things mean something now. And what I love about that is it definitely makes you pay attention 
to everything throughout the entire of the show because you never know when you're going to miss something, including with what we saw at a Dexter Loomis, which we will get to uh, coming up here in a little bit. Number two here on the five count. Let's look ahead towards Clash at the Castle, but also simultaneously look back at Friday Night SmackDown uh, when the bloodline, Sami Zayn included, just absolutely decimated Drew McIntyre. I mean, they did these really, really well put together video packages. Uh, for for Drew, he's heading back to his home country. He's gonna in you know big stadium show in the UK, which he has been the poster boy for for trying to get this done. Hundreds of thousands of people, or not hundreds of th thousands of people, over a hundred thousand people going to be in the UK watching this show. Perfect time to put the title on Drew McIntyre, right? He gets his ass laid out on Friday. You're thinking, okay, maybe we're building to something here because if Drew's gonna keep getting his ass whooped, they're doing all these special video packages it's in the uk roman's reign they're celebrating two years by the way two years ago today from roman reigns he won the universal championship uh, over braun Strowman uh, and the fiend bray wyatt and bray wyatt never got his rematch and hopefully he will one day but we're on drew here this is drew's week this is drew's event this is drew's home country now we get reports from wrestle votes on twitter the WWE is actually for the first time in a long time coming up with plans to get title or titles off of Roman Reigns. So I will ask you, SP3, the evidence is abound over or under 40% chance that Roman's reign ends at Clash of the Castle this weekend. I told you I was at 40% after Friday Night Smackdown on Friday after the WrestleVotes report. I am at an official 50-50. And on Tuesday, August 30th, 2022, because I have four more days to change my mind, <laughs> I am saying Drew McIntyre becomes the undisputed WWE Universal Champion at Clash at the Castle, Triple H puts his stamp on his regime because no matter what the relationship is between Roman and Triple H, no matter what Triple H does, Roman Reigns will always be the champions that is defined by the old regime. He will always be a physic man guy. And Drew McIntyre talked about he didn't call the WWE. The WWE called him, and the person on the other side of that phone for WWE was Triple H. Triple H put the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship on his guy, Drew McIntyre. Yeah, you know, Triple H has kind of always been that guy. Like, if... If Vince gives up on somebody and it goes all the way back to, to Drew McIntyre or even Jinder Mahal for, you know, for that matter, right? Like Triple H, we saw it with Karrion Cross, which there's an interesting correlation there because who's Karrion, Karrion Cross going after right now? He's going after Drew McIntyre. Vince gives up on these guys. Triple H doesn't. Triple H keeps in contact with them. Triple H wants to know what they're doing. Triple H is always talking with him. And now all of a sudden, Triple H brings back Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre becomes world champion. Now he's brought back Karrion Cross. They have completely wiped the slate clean with Karrion Cross, and he's made it well known that both Roman and Drew McIntyre are on borrowed time as far as he is concerned, which, by the way, just a side note, the whole 
uh, don't understanding the hourglass thing uh, that Rhapsody that Grapsody brought up on Fifle, uh overbooked, and then you know the fact that everybody else is picking up on it that hourglasses don't go TikTok and it doesn't make any sense is genuinely hilarious to me. Um, but regardless, Carrying Cross is still in play, so it would be very very easy for Roman to lose to Drew, and now all of a sudden you have your world title feud set up. You have your top babyface on SmackDown. He's your new world champion. You got Karrion Cross coming after him. Roman Reigns could go bye-bye. We got all that, right? Take some time off. Come back come WrestleMania season. Everything works out that way. I just don't know if they're going to pull the trigger unless they're, because I always thought that the bloodline would slowly deteriorate. Like there would be a crack in the armor and maybe the first crack in the armor, honestly, was the fact that Paul Heyman's no longer there to keep things going. Now that I think about it, Paul Heyman got F5 through a table at SummerSlam. We haven't seen him since. So maybe that's the first little crack. Now, all of a sudden, Sami Zayn has been able to infiltrate his way into the bloodline. He's having genuinely hilarious segments with both the Usos and Roman Reigns last night. I straight up cackled when he did his handshake with J Jimmy Uso in the ring and then turned around at Kevin Owens and went, bet um just he's absolutely owning this role that he's in right now but if you look at that segment last night with the usos and then kevin owens match with jay uso where sammy did not follow through on the chair shot that to me screams the fact that ko and sammy Zayn are re uh reuniting probably going to win the tag team titles off the usos which i am all for i would think that would happen before roman drops his belt Unless they are just going to set this up to where this all fast forwards, they culminate. SmackDown comes around. That's where they set up the tag team title match. They do the tag team title match in Cardiff, and then the bloodline just completely blows up in one night in the UK. If that's the way they're going to go, okay. But right now, I still think it makes more sense to take the tag belts off of the Usos first than it does Roman. But as we've seen with Triple H, he doesn't always do everything that makes the most sense. So I'm just going to throw sense out the window here. I'm going to push. I'm going to push. Uh, it might be a cop-out answer, but I'm right at about 40%. I think Drew McIntyre has a really, really good chance, but I'm still at that mindset of Roman's been champ for two years. There have been several points where I thought this could be the time that he lost it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of at the point where I'll believe it when I see it at this point. I'll be honest. I ain't think no, none of these people were ever going to be Roman Reigns. Jey Uso, Kevin Owens, Brian and Edge, Cesaro, Brock Lesnar. I mean, the closest we got was Brock Lesnar at day one, but Roman luckily got sick in time to not <laughs> drop the title there. But outside of that, this is the most that I felt Roman's reign was in danger. I, I would agree. This this is definitely the most I feel like his reign has been in danger in months. In 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 months. Uh probably for me since there was part of me that thought Finn Balor had a slight chance, but I mean I, I, I haven't felt like Roman's had a chance to lose it since then. Now is definitely the time. One of the questionable decisions that Triple H did make as soon as he got the job was removing Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle off of the SummerSlam card. Like, you took Seth Rollins, Mr. SummerSlam, off of the damn show. Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Had some reports that it pissed some people off. Matt Riddle being one of them. 
And, you know, we kind of talked about, well, maybe Triple H is doing this to kind of put a little bit of more heat on this rivalry. You didn't buy into that so much because you didn't think it was necessarily working. I'm, I'm paraphrasing for you, but I think that's about roughly what you were saying is all they were doing was really brawling every week. I'll ask you now after what we saw last night where I thought it was great that they actually had the fight in the parking lot and they did like the gorilla style, um, you know, fan camera is the one that captured it. It wasn't like a, a WWE production type thing. It was the fans catching two dudes fighting in the, uh, in the parking lot, which made it give it a real feel to it. Then they do the back and forth exchange last night in separate rooms. Corey Graves uh, with the the interview there, and that was that was okay. It was it was fine, but it was what they caught after, which a lot of people lost their minds on. It's that whole was it Daniel Cormier and somebody else the the UFC like hey you still there? Daniel Cormier and John Jones yeah and John Jones the the exchange of hey you still there and then they start exchanging words like. You saw like Seth Rollins' emotion just drip from his face the second that Riddle brought up Becky Lynch being the only man in the family. And then as soon as the camera cuts and they, they give the all clear, he starts going into Riddle's family and goes to a place that we wouldn't expect them to go on WWE TV, bringing up his divorce and how his, his wife, ex-wife and his kids want nothing to do with him. Riddle starts dropping F-bombs. These two dudes want to throw down. They ended up throwing down some more after Raw went off the air last night. That was a great segment between those two. And I'm not just saying that because all Riddle dropped F-bombs. I saw some people on Twitter saying, oh my God, it's crazy how a couple of F-bombs make people think WWE's got good writing all of a sudden. No, it was a good segment because it was heated. It was something they haven't done before, and it blurs the lines of reality. If you know your history between Rollins and Riddle, bringing up family between these two is a sensitive subject and has been for years. This is why why Rollins didn't want to work with Riddle uh, for, for years. Didn't want to work with Riddle. Wanted nothing to do with him, let alone have a big match at Class of the Castle in, in the UK. I loved everything about that. That these two want to rip each other's head off. I after that segment, I'm hot for that match last night. I'm willing to let things play out now, as I am with Aaliyah and Raquel to see where things go. I'm willing to say yes to this question that Triple H made the right call by bumping Rollins and Riddle to clash at the castle. We're not getting a rematch. We're getting something we haven't seen. We're getting something that has been heated up, something that is personal, and I'm ready to watch these two rip their heads off on Saturday. Yeah, I would say he did make the right decision by bumping it to Clash at the Castle because this feels like the most personal rivalry going into the show. There's matches, I think, that are going to be either on par with this or better, like Sheamus versus Gunther and Drew versus Roman, but there is no feud that's more personal than this feud after that segment. That segment was an A-plus, fantastic work to add some heat and not the nonsensical brawling that's why i said i didn't want them to brawl each and every week because it loses meaning it's a law of diminishing returns every time you do it but they gave them promo times and they did exactly what i wanted them to do they added real heat to make sense of the brawling and make this personal so i'm here for it i think that this is not going to be their the final blow off between these two men and at this point i'd be down for them to you know have a somewhat controversial finish here and give me the fight pit at extreme uh, rooms uh, with uh, riddle and rollins uh, don't, don't 
Don't do it. My heart can't take it. Oh, I'm a, I'm a big fight pit fan. Uh, Safet saying uh, they should add the the unsanctioned match between uh, Rollins and Riddle. I could go. That doesn't sound nearly as good to me as the fight pit does. I don't think there's a bigger fan of the fight pit on this planet than myself. Uh, I would love to see Rollins and Riddle throw down inside of the fight pit uh, for sure. But unsanctioned, I think, would work as well. I think there's a good chance Rollins finally gets a win over Riddle here. This is weird, right? This is a, this is a weird matchup in the sense that both of these guys for months have been putting other people over. So it is going to be interesting to see who goes over on Saturday or whether or not we even get a finish. Like, like you said, this, there, there could be nonsense. They could just fight into the crowd. It could be a double count out that might piss some people off in the UK, but man, you could head into extreme rules and you could do a lot of different stuff. You could do unsanctioned. You could do fight pit. You can do any different thing that you want to do between these two. But it's it's hot. It's personal. There's genuine heat there. It blurs the lines of reality. This is everything I want out of a professional wrestling build. I loved that segment last night. Absolutely loved it. The other thing that I'm genuinely enjoying on Monday Night Raw is what they are doing with Loomis. Loomis has become the new Bray Wyatt is where you have to look for Easter eggs. You have to look at every nook, every cranny, every corner, whether it's a car accident backstage or whether it's a security guard that is that Loomis is dressed up as and disguised as last night. I completely missed that one where you had the Miz and you had Ciampa walking down the hallway and they pass a security guard and the Miz, for whatever reason, stops, turns around and goes and looks at the security guard up close. It wasn't until WWE tweeted out uh, a retweet of the video that I noticed that the security guard the first time around was Loomis. And that's why Miz went back and looked. I love that he was that he's he's stalking him. He kidnapped him last week. Storyline. We know that he got away. We don't know how he got away and we don't know what he did to him. Because the Miz won't talk about it. And the Miz is making this seem almost like he's almost playing the role too well. To the point where I'm asking, what on God's green earth did Loomis do to the Miz? Because at this point, the way that the Miz is playing this, the way that WWE is being, you know, just so secretive about it tells me one thing. They haven't decided what Loomis has done to him or it's, it's something really, really weird. And things are about to get freaky on Monday Night Raw. I don't know what they're doing with what, what the, the thing with Loomis is. But this has a chance to kind of make or break what they've been doing, which I have loved everything, even tying it into to NXT, where he gets arrested in NXT and he's given a love letter to his wife, Indy Hartwell. I have loved everything they've done with this. I think a lot hangs on the balance here of what he did do to The Miz. And I have no I, I have no earthly idea. Unless it's more stuff, I have no idea what The Miz did to Loomis here. I'm going to need a segment where Champa and Maurice be like, show us on the doll where Dexter Loomis touched you. That's what I think what happened. He touched him in a place that made Miz very uncomfortable, that made him question, you know, his year's marriage to the beautiful Maurice. And that's why he doesn't want to uh, press charges against Dexter Loomis. <sighs> Loomis just wanted to see if he really did have massive balls, didn't he? That that's what this is going to come down to, right? Like Loomis just wanted to make sure that the, the shirt was telling the telling the truth. I, I think that's what this is all. So it's going to be something freaky. It's going to be something weird, and it's going to make me feel a certain way about Dexter Loomis. Like I just have a feeling that's as, that's where this is going. Because on, honest to God, with the Miz acting the way that he is, I don't know what else it could possibly be, other than some form of molestation, whether accidental or on purpose. And yeah, man, like. 
either that or he just locked him in a room and did some shadow puppet stuff or I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Compels me though. Lastly, uh, we have been getting a lot of different reports between <laughs> frantic world saying that storyline is becoming a law and order SVU episode. Yeah. Well, pretty much. Yes, absolutely. We've been getting reports week in and week out about returning superstars. We've seen half dozen or so that have come back to WWE. Sean Ross app of Fightful.com reporting another big, big name might be on his way back to WWE. There is interest there to bring him back. He was backstage at SmackDown on Friday, which honestly, I just ultimately chalked that up to the fact that his, his girlfriend was on the show. Could have just been there visiting old friends. Never know. Supporting her. What have you. Then yesterday's report comes out that WWE is at least interested in bringing back Mr. Control Your Narrative himself. Braun Strowman. Would Braun Strowman coming back to WWE do anything for you there, SP3? Um, It's between Zip Zero and Nada. Um, it does nothing for me. I'm not interested to see Braun Strowman in a main event position. I'm interested to see Braun Strowman put over other monsters like, you know, your Gunthers of the world, your Carrion Crosses of the world, have Tyler Blate, uh, you know, pick it, pick, be a big strong boy and pick him up and spin him around and stuff, have Braun Breaker debut on the roster and beat him. If all the things I'm interested in is just you getting beat or you being aligned with someone who's not currently signed with the company and Bray Wyatt and running back the Wyatt family, unless it's that, I'm not really interested. It does nothing for me, honestly. I I don't mind Braun, and I'm not sitting here saying that he, he there isn't a place for him in WWE. Uh, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I uh, There's, let me just say this, like, again, and I, I got nothing against Braun. I think he's a good performer. He's obviously an attraction. And I agree with you. I think he would be a great, a great piece to the roster to, to help build up other people to, to kind of take on that Lance Archer role in AEW, right? Like this is a guy who's a big, big truck. He can obviously be booked and pushed to the moon, very believable competitor, but he's always used as, you know, the guy to get slayed by by Jack, right? Jack climbs up the beanstalk and takes out Lance Archer, right? That's what that's what they do. Braun Strowman would be great in that role in WWE, as you said, to help bring up the other guys. I don't have a whole lot of interest in Braun Strowman coming back to be in the main event scene of WWE because there are so many other people that are in line first uh, for me, you know, that I want to see get their opportunity. It's been far too long for Kevin Owens. It, it, it's been long overdue for guys like Sami Zayn and Finn Balor. And I and I want to see Gunther get pushed there. I want to see Damian Priest get pushed there. I still want to see another run for Edge. And then you throw in, uh, you know, Johnny Gargano, uh, who had a great segment last night uh, with, with Austin Theory, um, which, by the way, Austin Theory was speaking a lot of truths in that backstage segment last night, which doesn't mean that he's not the bad guy, right? In this situation just means he's still an asshole. So you just still don't like him. Sometimes the bad guy can be right, but I digress. I don't have any interest in Braun Strowman being in the main event scene and winning world championships, which is what I think they would bring him back to do because I have so many other people in line first that I would like to see do that. I wouldn't be against him coming back to the company, but again, if it's, if it's more in the enhancement role, like me and you have talked about, you got you to gotta weigh the 
Austin means to that. It's like, this is a guy who was making millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Are you going to pay that kind of money for a guy to come in and put other people over? I don't know if you're going to do that. We'll see if he does show up uh, eventually. We do appreciate everybody who's uh, tuning in to all 46 minutes of this 45-minute podcast. We almost got Almost got there. Uh, again, check out my conversation with uh, Ryan Satin, which is live now. My conversation with Shana Baszler drops tomorrow. Uh, Thursday morning, it is myself and Jeremy Bennett and Samira. We are going to uh, be breaking down Clash at the Castle. And then keep tuned to uh, my Twitter channel, SP3, SP3's Twitter channel, at Ricky Chino, at Truly SP3. We will uh, hopefully have something to announce as far as a uh, Friday show for, for All Out. Uh, and SP3, obviously, uh, a big weekend over for uh, True Heel Heat as well. Yes, uh, you can go over to the True Hill Heat YouTube channel right now. Earlier today, we did our WWE Clash at the Castle preview with myself, True Hill Romeo, and Jeremy Lambert of Fightful. Tomorrow, we'll be previewing NXT Worlds Collide on our YouTube channel, as well as on Friday, we got our AEW All Out preview at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Myself, True Hill Romeo, and of Fightful's Grab City Podcast, Righteous Reg will be joining us. So check that out. True Hill Heat. That is T-R-U-H-E-E-L-H-E-A-T. Go over and subscribe. All right, guys. We appreciate you. Uh, again, next time we see you will be Thursday morning for our uh, Clash of the Castle preview. Shayna Baszler tomorrow. Lots going on. Hammer the thumbs up button. Hammer that subscribe button. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Enjoy NXT tonight. Enjoy. AEW on Wednesday. Lots of wrestling this week. Always a good week with the festivals. I'm looking forward to getting a deep dish pizza in Chicago. It's going to be a good weekend. Hopefully SP3 is there as well. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We'll talk to you live uh, next, I believe, next week. Enjoy everything. Thank you for watching the Believe in Pro Wrestling Podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.